Hey, it's James from Royal Credit Union's Money Donuts podcast. We're talking about a word that scares a lot of people. It's fraud. This individual, they were bombarding that phone so much that the person got a new phone number. There was a note, a sticky note on the outside of their door saying, what is your new phone number? What? So they hired, the scammer hired someone on Craigslist to place that note there. Listen to Money Donuts on your favorite podcast platform or watch full videos at rcu.org podcast. All I want for Christmas is Kirill Kaprizov scoring 100 plus points. Kirsten and I detail our Minnesota Wild hockey Christmas wish list and analyze where the Minnesota Wilds sit today in the division and the conference. Plus, Seattle Kraken play by play voice Everett Fitzhugh joins us to try and explain just exactly how the Kraken got so good. As always, we're created by New Voice Studios, presented by Soda Stick, brought to you by Talk North, Grain Belt, Jim Beam, and Royal Credit Union. This is season four, episode 154. Get geared up for the hockey season with SodaStick.com. They've got all your favorite player tees from Marc-Andre Fleury to Matt Zuccarello to Ryan Hartman giving you the bird. SodaStick.com has you covered. Not only in just in hockey, though. You got Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Twins, Minnesota Timberwolves, whatever your Minnesota sports team is, SodaStick has you covered with the best gear available. Don't forget to toss down Bardown Beauties at checkout for 15% off at SodaStick.com. At Jim Beam, they know the importance of tradition, like chanting, let's play hockey prior to the start of each game or playing the state of hockey anthem after a wild win. This season, raise one to your fan family with the bourbon that invites us all to come as friends and leave as family. Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey, the official bourbon whiskey partner of the Minnesota Wild and XL Energy Center. Drink smart, Jim Beam Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume. Copyright 2021, James B. Beam Distilling Company, Incorporated, Claremont, Kentucky. Hello, everybody. What's up? We're back. Episode 154 of Bardown Beauties. I'm Jesse Pierce, writer for NHL.com, amongst many other things that I have labeled myself as. She's Kirsten Kroll, face of the Minnesota Wild, as I dubbed her at our live show this week. Producer Fred, not here, because he and his wife, Kelly, welcomed a baby boy on Friday. So congrats to them. Uh, what a cutie. Very, very exciting. Um, yeah. That's uh, Kirsten. How you doing? No babies. So that's good. <laughs> no babies. Uh, <laughs> not even anywhere in the question for me. So good for Fred. Um, <laughs> good for him and Kelly. Uh, very excited. They've added another little one to their little bunch. Um, but, you know, I I am in the thick of Christmas season, holiday nice. season right now. Last night I had to wrap all of the presents that I had bought. And it was honestly I, it was the worst thing ever. I hate wrapping presents. Why? Like, what is what gets you about it? Like, what do you? I'm not. Are you good not getting good enough paper? That is no, crucial. I'm, you have to spend a little bit more to get like well worth it paper. I got three rolls of wrapping paper for about five dollars each from Target. So I like to think it's pretty quality. I mean, I don't think the wrapping paper was the issue. I think I'm the issue. That makes sense. That's. I'm just not be... good at it. I'm not yeah. good at it at all. You're not good at that. I'm not good at predicting Minnesota Wild victories, you know. Or Clearly, losses. I'm not either. It happens. We're going to talk a little bit more about Christmas in our segment three, not because at all I forgot to do the up for debate this week, but because I want to do a Christmas themed one. Uh, we will talk about what gifts we want to either give the Minnesota Wild or receive from the Minnesota Wild. Uh, should be fun. So stick around for that. Again, I had mentioned our live show this past week out at Racks at Burnsville. Fantastic time. Thank you to everybody that managed to make their way out there each and every week or excuse me, every month rather. Uh, it gets bigger and better. And I love to see it. A special shout out to our Fab Five friends who gave us some delightful truffles as well. Uh, very delicious. I forgot about them, found them in the fridge today. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. So tis the season, ladies and gentlemen. Um, our next live show will be coming up here in January. I believe it will be in Stillwater, but stay tuned to our social media channels for that official announcement. But I'll love me some Stillwater. Kirsten, let's talk some Minnesota Wild hockey now that we got all that jazz out of the way. Um, you know, we're recording this on Saturday, so they did have a game in Calgary. They are back-to-back. -back. Uh, they finished up this four-game road trip in Vancouver tonight against Bruce Boudreau. Um, you know, we... We were excited about the way that they were performing, getting that second hand score, secondary scoring, excuse me. Um, and Kirill Kaprizov goal streak ends. His point streak is continuing. So he's still 
being a part of it. But in last night's game, particularly against Calgary, that secondary scoring kind of disappeared. Yes, Jewel Erickson Eck scores a goal, but a lot of yeah, he did what <laughs> number one center, Jewel Erickson Eck, rather. Uh, a lot of the good things that we saw during that four game win streak Minnesota had disappeared in the past two games. Yeah. You know, I, I thought last night against Edmonton, I thought that was for sure. Oh my God. I said Calgary, didn't I? You did, but they did play Calgary before. The night before. That was the first loss. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, we haven't talked about it since then. So, I mean, technically you're still right. You can throw me under the bus, but yeah, that's fine. No, I I'm going to play nice today. I think I'm in a giving mood. Um, So (laughs) I'll play nice, but I thought Calgary that that could have gone either way clearly did not go in the wilds favor but against Edmonton I thought that was going to be one that the wild were going to be able to bounce back get another win looked like that for a little bit it was still close I thought from the beginning it was going to be a close game um then the tides turned and it ended up being 5-2 wild lose also I hate empty net goals so I'm going to just throw that out there right now I hate them there is exist this is well before your time um a NHL player and I do I truly forget the name I want to say it was for the Anaheim Ducks he goes down this is probably in the early 2000s maybe late 90s goes down and um there's an empty net he could have scored he chooses not to like deliberately does not put the puck in the net and this is a guy that doesn't score very often I believe um they asked him afterward why he didn't shoot the puck and score in the empty net and he said empty net goals are for he used a term that I'm not going to use, but he said for losers. And I always thought that was very kind of funny. <laughs> I honestly, I think I have a lot of respect for whoever that was, because even I've been thinking of this for a long time. And I don't know why all of a sudden when I woke up this morning, I chose to just really hate on empty net goals. Like I woke up kind of angry uh-huh. thinking about it. I was like, I just hate them so much. Even when uh, there's a game at the XL Energy Center and the wild score on an empty net, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, it's an empty net. I don't like it because awesome. it requires me to add in another line to a story that I'm already up on deadline for. Right. Like, I, like there was it was funny. Uh, one of the AP writers the other night uh, at the Minnesota game when I forget who they were playing. Maybe it was the Ducks when they scored with like 3.5 seconds left or 3.7 seconds, whatever it was. And he's like, did you know they scored again? I was like, I did. Did you not? Like he forgot to even add it into his story that he submitted. I mean, luckily his editor caught it, but uh, flights of a sports writer. Um, How do you feel about empty net goals then for Alex Ovechkin? As we know, he is chasing these records, right? And I believe he notched an empty net goal on Friday. Um, And a lot of people are kind of torn on that. Like that. It's it's controversial right now. It is. I'm not sure. How I feel, because you want him to break it. Either way, he's going to break it. That's without a quiet. He's going to continue to climb these charts. He's he's solidified himself um, amongst the greats of the greats. But I kind of agree. Like, I don't want that one goal to come with an empty netter because it's such a gimme. Yeah, I feel like Ovechkin probably doesn't want the no. record to get broken on an empty netter as well. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm happy you brought that up because I saw the discussion about it this week on Twitter and there was people saying, oh, empty net goal, don't even let them on the ice when they pull the other team pulls their goalies <laughs> right. because that that's just so worthless. And then somebody pointed out, like, didn't Gretzky himself have like roughly 54 empty net goals in his career? I think I saw that somewhere, but it's I like, got okay, it. like I have the stats. Are you ready? Oh, she does. Okay. I here got we go. Let me yes. lay the stats on. So currently Ovechkin has 796 career goals, 800 goals, obviously a milestone in its own 801 would tie Gordy Howe for second all time. 802 would put him alone in second place behind Gretzky, who is way, way up there at 894. Um, the empty net goal was the 52nd of Ovechkin's career. Only Gretzky has more. He had 56. Now, when you consider okay. 56 empty net goals to 894 goals, there can be difference there. But yeah, I mean, it happens. It's part of the game. You score that way and you're going to take them as you take them. But I I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, I think like if you're going to be comparing like Ovechkin, like if you're going to say like his empty net goals don't count, then I think you have to take that away from Gretzky when you're talking about that conversation as well. But I, I'm fine. I hate empty net goals. But I'm fine with it as long as his record-breaking goal does not come on an empty netter. Fair. We can we can uh, agree on that, I believe. Uh, you know, now that we're here in December, Minnesota comes back for home for a couple more. Last week, we were feeling confident about this team. We were excited. Things were trending in the right direction. And I don't want to get all negative and say that 
they're not. It's all downhill. They've looked terrible the past two games. Again, maybe three, depending on what happens in Vancouver tonight. Um, but do you feel better about the way this team's positioned, the way that other teams in the Central and the West are performing? Coming up, we will talk with Everett Fitzhugh of the Seattle Kraken as well. He'll dive into why they're so freaking good over there in the Pacific and what's going on with them. But how do you feel the Wild fair right now in the West? Again, we've talked about them constantly being a bubble team. Has that changed for you at all? Is it about the same? No, I think there's still a bubble team. And I think especially once we get into the second half of the season, that's really not going to change. They're not going to be out of the postseason. They're just going to wiggle their way in. Um, as of right now, I'm not thrilled with how things have gone for them this past week on their Canadian road trip, especially with them about to play Vancouver. I, I think Vancouver is going through some stuff right now, too. There's people out there determined to kind of prove people wrong, not to name drop Brock Besser, for example, um, but in a good way, like he's out there to prove people wrong. So how they're going to fare against Vancouver, if you would have asked me a few days ago, I would have said, yeah, that'll be an easy win for the wild. Now you're asking me, I really don't know. I don't know what to expect from this team because as has been mentioned, the wild are consistently inconsistent. Um, but as far as where they're currently sitting in the central, I think, I'm not hitting the panic button, but I think they've really just got to sharpen up. I'm going to say it because I always say it. Goaltending needs to be better again. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not sorry. Uh, you know, I thought again, you, I will not hang any of these losses on goaltending alone. And that's whether flowers in the net or whether Philip, Philip Gustafson is in the net. You have allowed 84 goals now, and this is, a number of times that flurry has allowed four or more goals as well himself. Now, again, yes, you need the defense to tighten up. Jonas Brodeen returned. Um, you know, he is going to take a little while, I think to get back into it. Matt Dumba had a pretty rough game. I thought um, Spurge continues to really impress me, but I think goaltending needs to tighten up as well. It's not fair to say, Hey, we need more scorers. We also need better saves and just to keep these games closer. I mean, as unsexy and as boring as it was to for the wild to be winning these games like two to one three to one what have you earlier on when they had kind of started playing a little bit different style of hockey you also you just need to keep them that close because you know if you don't if you only allow one goal odds are you're probably going to win that game right so i would like to see goaltending uh get a smidge better i'm not i'm not all on it i'm not hating hard yet but it's it's trending that way, Kirsten. So it's, it's really the goaltender's yeah. fault for not being better. It always comes back to that with you, Jesse, but there is something I want to throw on you as like a wild card. Um, yeah. Kaylin Addison being a healthy scratch on part of this road trip coaching saying that they like his offensive play, but defensively needs to be better. I don't think there's many people out there disagreeing, but where, where do you think it's trending with Kaylin Addison right now? I mean, shout out to Alex Goligoski who really has, found himself another, you know, a new role here with this wild team. He has been in game um, ever since he had celebrated that 1000th game played uh, a couple weeks back. Um, you know, I understand a lot of the head scratching because Kalen Addison is your point guy in the power play. And that's, what's important. And for a while, Minnesota had scored on six straight power plays. Uh, I think up until the Calgary game when they didn't notch one at all, but um, you know, I guess I don't, see the coach's perspective on poor defensive play from Kalen Addison. I sometimes I feel like he's quiet back there, but I, again, I think the defense as a whole hasn't been that good either. I mean, John Merrill has had some pretty brutal turnovers, Dumba, um, you know, Spurgeon too, even right. Like it's, I don't, I haven't noticed anything very egregious in Kalen's defensive play. And I, I do think Goose has helped himself by being more offensive. He's definitely jumped into the offense far more than he ever really has probably most of his career. So I think that's helped him maybe push ahead of, of Kalen. Um, I would be curious to see if that sticks uh, again, even in Vancouver tonight, because they didn't win. Why not change some things up, you know, and, and see what happens. But yeah, I, I would, I don't foresee Kalen Addison being a normal, healthy scratch, but then again, there's probably a reason that I'm not on the staff yet for coaching. I like how you just at the end, not on the staff yet <laughs> working on it. I told, I, uh, I chatted with Bill Guerin, uh, for a story I'm doing 
And I had mentioned to him, I was like, you know, I said the same thing. I told him, you know what? I could be the assistant to the assistant general manager when you're ready to make that call. He's like, I'll put it out on the web. I'll make sure it's open for everybody, but I'll let you know first. And I was like, okay. I mean, just to be fair, it has to be publicly posted, but that's exactly what he said. He's like, you know, we just, we got to play it by, by the book, but it's yours basically is what his eyes told me. Yes. I respect what do you think about Kayla and Addison then since you brought uh, brought the topic up? How are you, did you agree or were you part of the pitchfork mob that wants to hang Dean for doing such a thing? No, I'm I'm not part of the pitchfork mob. I think I don't want to say necessarily confused about it because like you had mentioned with Goligoski, the wild were running um 7D for a little bit there. So I don't know, to change things up, I get it. If you're not going to do that, then there is going to have to be a defenseman that's going to sit out. Um, but I don't know. I think I could see maybe a little bit where he needs to tighten up on defense, but it's not, to your point, like it's not like he's been playing bad, but mm-hmm. maybe it, I think it was also mentioned, like maybe it's like a little bit of a wake-up call, just getting sat for a little bit, then getting brought back in and then getting a, that fire under you a little bit more. So maybe that's what it was about in the first place. We've seen that happen to a lot of wild players this season, um, getting the healthy scratch and hoping in turn, it'll get them going again. But yeah, I don't know. I will, we'll see where they're going from here. I think it's a little bit of a tight situation for him. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it will be good. I would bet you see a Sammy Walker debut in Vancouver. Again, I apologize. We're recording this before we could probably dive in deep, but he's been crushing it down in Iowa um, and uh, Minnesota native Edina, if you will. I bet he slots in for Nick Patan and I would guess Kalen Addison probably comes back against Vancouver as well. Again, because they didn't win the night before, you're going to want to change things up. I don't think you bring Sammy Walker out for the last game of the road trip and not play him. So that would be my guess uh, on, on the Sammy Walker side. What do you know about him? What do you think about him? Uh, you know, in college, he was at an absolute stud for the University of Minnesota Gophers. And again, he is the leading scorer in Iowa this season. So I, I uh, a lot of pressure on the kid, but I'm expecting some good things too. Yeah, to be quite honest, I'm not sure what to expect from him. I haven't followed the Iowa Wild super closely this year. I know as a gopher, I mean, he was a standout player and a lot of people very excited. He got signed with the wild organization. So I think tonight, if he does slot in, like you mentioned, Jesse, I think it'll kind of be a lot of curiosity to see what he can do and what he can bring. If he fits in on the squad. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm excited to just watch and find out with everyone else. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Everett Fitzhugh of the Seattle Kraken is going to talk about what the hell is going on with that team. And uh, Kirsten and I make our amends to uh, being so harsh on that fan base and that team. Uh, and then we'll close it up with some Christmas gift giving. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're back. Joining us now, Everett Fitzhugh, lover of all things Minnesota, and radio voice of the Seattle Kraken. Fitz, what's up, buddy? You like that doing, intro? Yeah, thank you very much for that. I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're good. We're hanging in there. Now, I did want to start things off. Yeah. I should let you know that Kirsten and I were a bit harsh mm-hmm. on the Kraken coming into this year. Hands down, I think that's they were, to put it very lightly. I think a yes. lot of people were. I, I read uh, Down Goes Brown's article in The Athletic the other day. I think a lot of people were uh, a little harsh on the old Kraken coming in. I think just to make amends to clear the air, and I know you can be a little harsh on our beloved state of Minnesota for right reason. We'll get into that. But I think to clear the air, I want each of us to say one nice thing, Kirsten and I, about Seattle, the Seattle Kraken, you fits about Minnesota. Okay. You can go first. I'll go first. All right. The one thing, one nice thing I'll say about Minnesota is, man. All right. Uh being from Detroit, I, I know and have an appreciation for good music and Prince and Morris Day in the time are probably two of my all-time uh, favorite artists. So I will uh, I will go with that. 
That's fair. Okay. Kirsten. That is fair. Kirsten, especially. Kirsten was very, very harsh on the Kraken. Okay. Well, way to continue to throw me under the bus, Jesse. <laughs> we just I, need to be honest. We need to be honest. I, I think ourselves. she's backed up a couple times that, that bus, too. So <laughs> I think she did. She kept running me over again with said bus. Um, but I mean, yes, I was very, very harsh. And to be quite honest, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around how they are where they are right now. Um, but that being said, the Kraken have some really, really nice jerseys, like top five in the league. Great color scheme, mm-hmm. great logo. People love our jerseys. That that is the one thing that I mean. I I think this team got a, everything right from the brand perspective, but I mean those jerseys. Oof, I've got two of each at home, much to my Ooh. wife's. They're very similar to the Bardown Beauties jerseys. I don't want to put that out there, but I'm going to put it out there. They are very, (laughs) very similar to that. Uh, My nice thing is they hire fantastic people, you yourself included. Uh, We got (laughs) Piper out there, another Minnesotan. We got JT Brown, another Minnesotan. We got Allison as well uh, and the front office staff. So they they do that well. So that's good. Yes, exactly. Let's kick things off with that. Uh, what has uh, life been like this year covering Seattle? Very, very different team from what we've seen. Again, I think taking a lot of people by surprise, but from your perspective as the radio voice, it's got to be pretty fun to cover this year's squad. It's always fun when you're winning, right? Uh, I think I think this year, the biggest takeaway, the biggest difference from last year for me was just, it, it has been, I think, the full team buy-in and the full team wanting and and togetherness and what I mean by that is when I came to training camp this year you could tell that there was a sense of guys wanting to be here and not necessarily having to be here when you're taken in the expansion draft you really have no choice to go uh, or, or where you go and that's not to say that the guys who were here last year who are no longer with us didn't want to be here I mean they're there's Mark Giordano, Kelly Yarncrook, uh, Marcus Johansson. They all enjoyed their times here. Um, but now you go into the summer, you bring in a couple of free agents, um, you sign Jared McCann to a long-term deal at the end of last season. You now have guys who are who are committing to Seattle. Jordan Eberle, Yanni Gord, Jaden Schwartz. They've all come out and have said they want to they want to play here. They want to be here. More importantly, they want to win here. And I think that is something that we, we can see a lot of this year that guys want to be in Seattle. That is a very close knit locker room. It's a very tight locker room. And, you know, I, I may get some eye roll for the whole you know last year with covid they didn't have an opportunity to to come together and and to have all that but i think it was i think it's true i think it's true this team last year you know just kind of being a fly on the wall for some conversations there were guys who didn't know a lot about each other you know it's like oh yeah that guy sits down the down the row in the stall for me i don't really talk to him that much but now this season you've got a lot of that togetherness that we didn't see a lot of last year And I mean, just to go off of that a little bit more, and maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves in the conversation, but you look at the Pacific Vegas in that top spot, Seattle in second, like we talked about, most people counted them out, did not see that coming. So they might not have had that initial um, expansion year success in that inaugural season, like we saw with Vegas, but coming into this season, I mean, they've really turned the ship around. Well, Vegas, I mean, they ruined it for everybody, right? (laughs) Vegas, the Golden Knights ruined expansion teams, regardless of what league. They've ruined the the, the fate of them for for all time. (laughs) I I think that this team went in the last year knowing, on record, off record, whoever would listen, we were not going to be Vegas. The Kraken were not going to be Vegas. We'll set that expectation right now. But still, come June, well, you guys weren't Vegas, so well, duh, we told you weren't going to be Vegas. Um, but but I I think when it comes to to this team on the ice, you you go out this summer and and you sign Andre Burakovsky, who is your team's leading scorer, who is coming off of a championship, who 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 wants to and and can score goals. Oliver Bjorkstrand, um, a player who has scored goals in the past and who has had a lot of success and, and, and can shoot the puck. And even though we had a 10-game tryout last year, I mean, Matty Beneers is, is a new piece to this roster. I mean, he 
He did really well in those 10 games last year, but now you're getting number 10 as a full-time piece, you know, this year as your second line center um, behind Alexander Wenberg. But you now have added three legitimate bona fide offensive pieces to your roster. Last season, you would have had to, to think about, you know, who on this team would you consider a top line guy, top six guy around the NHL. A lot of players on this roster um, are, are, are now in that top six role. You can take a Jane Schwartz. You can take uh, um, an Andre Burakovsky, a Matty Beneers. You can put them on 20 of the 32, 25 of the 32 top six groups and slot them in no problem. So I think that for Seattle, to, to have those type of offensive pieces, to have that collective buy-in, um, everyone's chipping in. I think we're the only team or one of two teams that has at least 20 players to record a point. Um, we've got 10, 12 different players who have at least 10 points. So they're, they're spreading around that offense, which is something you didn't have a lot of last year. Gosh, that used to be the Minnesota Wild. Remember when? It was literally just last season. Sigh. Uh, you know, you mentioned the buy-in and players wanting to play in Seattle. What do you think the reason behind that is? Is it so they can kind of make their mark with this new franchise, with this new organization, help set things? What about Seattle has been so appealing to these players to to come and say, hey, we want to be a part of the Kraken? I, I think that's part of it. You know, I think you, the, the pressure is a little bit off. Um, you know, you're, you're an expansion team. And, and obviously after last season, a lot of folks may be taking this team for granted. So, you know, they, oh, the Kraken aren't going to do much uh, there, whatever. So you come to Seattle, the pressure may be off um, and you have an opportunity to win. I think, um, the facilities that this team has is second to none. And, you know, I've, I've had the the privilege of, of going to all but three um, of the NHL rinks. I wasn't uh, able to go to um, Columbus, Philly and Nashville and New Jersey last year. I had COVID on the opening trip, so I couldn't go. Um, but uh you know, I would put Climate Pledge Arena uh, at at the top of of any of those lists. The brand new training facility. I think it's a new market in Seattle. A lot of people haven't been to the city itself, and then when they come to the city, that's one thing that Andre Burakovsky said when he came to Seattle with the um, the Avalanche last year. Is that man? I was impressed by the city. Just the city of Seattle seemed so cool and and, and such a really awesome place. So you know, guys talk and and. And the the Yanni Gords and the the Jared McCanns and the Jordan Everleys, they all have friends around the league. Everyone's got friends around the league, and they're like, "Hey, you got to come to Seattle." So there's a lot of, of of factors that have gone into it, but I think it's it's the fact that you have the opportunity to start something and, and to you know, Jared McCann said it kind of revitalized his career. He can now mm -hmm. buy a house. He can put roots down after signing a five year deal. So you now have that opportunity in Seattle to to carve your own path and to start a new path i think professionally um and then also just the city is is amazing in itself to live in and be in um another point too that i want to bring up because i think the minnesota wild are kind of going through something similar with marco rossi um, but a little different but similar shane wright getting that small stint down in the ahl yeah. scoring his first goal and really just getting, I think, that confidence and extra boost he needed before getting brought back up. So what have you seen from him, and how do you think that time in the AHL has helped Shane Wright? It was huge. I mean, he he only had the one game against Montreal the other day, but he could have had a hat trick in the first period. Uh, I mean, he was his poise and his play and his confidence with and without the puck was something that we hadn't seen from him um, throughout the year. And, and I think going down, being able to have success, being able to, um, to score goals and, and to, get some of that pressure off of him at the American hockey league level, I think was huge. Um, and, you know, a lot of people will see that as a demotion. A lot of people will see that as a, Hey, he, you know, oh, Shane, Wright, Number four, where is he at? He, that, that was the per perfect opportunity for him and the perfect stint for him. And he comes back up, he scores his first goal. If not for a couple of big saves from Jake Allen. He's got minimally one more, if not two in that first period. So um, for him, it was about finding his confidence. It was about going down there, working on things that he was 
still working on at this level, uh, at the NHL level. And now he's got an opportunity to go off to the World Juniors to succeed and and hopefully dominate there. Um, and then Ron Francis has a, a tough decision to make. Do you do you keep him? Do you send him? Um, he's he's at the eight game mark right now, so um, what time will tell. But I think it was it was really good for him to get that time uh, down in Coachella Valley. And how do you think Shane handled that? Like Kirsten said, we have the exact same situation here yeah. with Marco Rossi and the fan base goes insane but i mean for me i think what you had mentioned with shane is getting that confidence marco rossi went down there and put up three points right away as well so it's like these young guys need that how did shane handle i know obviously it's never easy and you should be pissed off about it because you don't want to be sent down to the ahl especially when you're a first rounder but uh, i imagine he handled it well and knows that there has to be some patience within development here absolutely i mean he, he scored what uh Four, three goals in his first three games. I mean, he was on a ninety-goal pace at one point in the American Hockey League. So, too bad he, he, he couldn't he couldn't get those ninety <laughs> goals in five games. Um, no, he handled it very, very well. And 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 actually, I talked to um, their broadcaster down there, Evan Pivnik, uh, and and he told me that you know Shane fit right in. Um, he he was having fun, and 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 he did not treat or see this as a demotion but like you said as an opportunity to get better guys want to get better guys want to improve so he handled it well I, I talked to him kind of off to the side um in the locker room before um or I guess right after morning skate on on Tuesday before the Montreal game um and and he said you know hey it was it was great down there it was it was a good opportunity um, for me personally, professionally, the pressure was off a little bit. Um, and I, and I got to go down there and play hockey and he did, and, and he had, and he succeeded in the process. You mentioned and, him having fun. How important do you think that is too, for especially these young guys? Cause I think when they're in the NHL and they're putting that pressure on themselves, like veterans, I've spoken with Marc-Andre Fleury, for instance, yeah. he talks about how the game is fun every single day. I mean, that gets lost a little bit for these young players, I think. And just being able to reignite that, that love for the game has got to be crucial, not just for guys like Shane, Wright, But for everybody, you know what? It, it sounds so cliche, right? We're here in pro sports and this is a job. And, and, a, and a lot of people, you know, I'm getting paid millions of, I'm not getting paid, but they're getting paid millions. <laughs> I of was dollars. gonna say that play by play money. Yeah. Eh? Jeez. <laughs> they're getting paid. Uh, I work in the NHL. I don't play in the NHL. Uh, they're getting paid millions of dollars to do this. This is a job for them. Well, no, I, yes, it's a job, but you have to have fun doing what you're doing. I mean, we, we're, we're playing a game. You get to play a game uh, for money. And, and I think that it sometimes gets lost on, on us who work in the industry. Sometimes it gets lost. I think on fans sometimes um, not all fans, but I, that, yeah, these guys are having fun doing this. And I think fun is so important. And that is one thing that Dave Haxtell, uh, uh Kraken head coach, Dave Haxtell said in the early part of the season. And he, even it was echoed by Ron Francis, the, the GM of the Kraken more, most importantly, you know, do we want him to score goals? Yes. Do we want him to, to play well? Obviously, but most importantly, we want him to have fun. We want him to enjoy coming to the rink every day. We want him to enjoy living the life of an NHLer. And I think that it's forgotten that part of this game is forgotten sometimes because there is so much pressure to win. What did Herm Edwards say? You play to win the game, right? Um, there's so much pressure put on these guys that we forget. Guys, let's have fun. Let's just have fun. Let's 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 go out there. And it, it's like playing hockey on the rinks in Minnesota, right? You guys got a bunch of lakes up there, so I'm told. Um, every last <laughs> one of them has a hockey net on it. Um, and a camera to capture all the romantic beauty of outdoor <laughs> hockey. Um, let's go have fun. And I think that that is something that this team is, is in this organization and this staff is making sure that these guys, uh, these guys do, especially the young ones. And I would say too, just from an outsider's perspective, it seems that's really carried over into the fan base this season yeah. too. the team really rallying around the Kraken. And so going off that, I mean, Second season, you guys, you, we talked earlier about how great the marketing team did at really branding this organization and all of that jazz. But aside from that, even 
where are the spots to go in Seattle? It's on my list as a top spot I want to go to, especially for yeah. a game. So give sell Seattle a little bit. <laughs> so for me, um, I moved to Seattle um, having been there a couple of times growing up. I've got some family who lived out there, so I've been to Seattle before. Uh, I remember when I was nine, nine, eight, nine, ten, something like that. When I first went there, I was just so taken aback by this town that is a major metropolitan city set in the middle of a forest against the backdrop of a mountain and the sea. And it, it, it seems like a place out of Lord of the Rings. It shouldn't exist. Like it's, it's, it's not a real place. And I think just the beauty of Seattle, number one, I think the people of Seattle, they, they talk about this Seattle freeze and you go to Seattle and people are, are so, you know, unwelcoming and unkind. I'm a good old Midwestern boy and I talk to everybody and I'm friendly with everybody. And Seattle has been great for me because, I, you know, people are so friendly and, and, and they're so outgoing. You will never find better seafood in the world than you do in Seattle. My wife is from Jersey. She lived in Boston for a handful of years. She's in, she, so she's a, she's a seafood snob knowing, yeah. you know, the Boston area. And even she's like, oh yeah, okay, this is, this is really good seafood. So if I can convert my, my Boston loving, uh, New England seafood loving <laughs> wife to, to Seattle, um, you must be doing something right. So, um, and then I think the fan base is just passionate too, like you said, right? This is a, this is a city that's never had NHL hockey before they've had pro hockey at various levels, but for the NHL, I mean, this is a first experiment for them. And I mean, you now are seeing the, the fan base turn from more casual, like, Hey, I want to go to a Kraken game because it's new and because it's fun to now you still have that, but it's also, I want to go to a Kraken game because they're second place in the division and they have Matty Beneers and they're just scored nine goals last week and they're winning and, and this, that, and the other. So seeing that, that transformation has been really um, special and really fun as well over the past year. I mean, bring back the supersonics though, if only for yeah, the Listen, practice, I you know. <laughs> Come you on. and everyone else, right? Like there, there. <laughs> a lot of people are, are 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 clamoring for that. You know, from from what they tell us uh, publicly and privately, they're coming, right? So, I think it all depends on the NBA and the committee. The building's ready, right? The building's yeah. ready. The locker rooms are ready. Uh, the city, the town is ready. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's a question of when and not if uh, on the Sonics. Everyone loves a comeback story, right? Yeah, you got that absolutely. nostalgia. I mean, the North Stars, people never forget that. I know you know that. It's never oh, yeah. forgotten. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, yes. before we wrap up, this will air next week following Sunday's matchup against your Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we're obviously <clears throat> a hockey podcast, but I also dabble in a little football on the side, and I <laughs> would not be right to let you go without talking about your prediction for the Vikings-Lions yeah. game Sunday. Lions 70 Vikings <laughs> minus 10. No, um, listen, <laughs> lions are favored. Like they're favored. Yes. They keep being favored. Yes. JT Brown's getting on my dang nerves talking about it. <laughs> like he, we, we, we had a whole, so we flew out to DC. Um, I know this is going to air next week, but we flew out to DC and, and we got into probably a 90 minute conversation from, what I can only assume was Wyoming to Tennessee um, about Minnesota sports and the success rate of Minnesota sports versus Detroit sports. And he was going on and on and on about how Minnesota is better and, and, and the records are better and yada, 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 bro. You got one championship since 91, like thanks to Kirby Puckett. Like, yes, wow. the, twins won. the twins won. That's great. Red Wings have four Pistons have three. Tigers have been to a couple of World Series. Like, there's one banner at XL, I think. And it's for like a mid-Northwest Division championship or something. I don't know. Go but... retire 32 again and talk to me later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right, yeah. Uh, but I think that Dan Campbell and the Lions are still hurting from that, that first loss of the year. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. I get it. Lions shoulda won that game, but... What's the old saying? Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. So I think on at home, I almost said on home ice, on their home field, I think the Lions get it done 
and I'm going to show up. We're in Florida on Sunday. I'm going to show up to the rink, six o'clock game. I'll probably get there about three 30. Um, and I'm going to show up. I'm going to walk into the TV booth. Game's still going to be going on. And I'm going to look at JT. And I'm going to just smile. I'm just going <laughs> to smile. And then the game's going to end. And then I'm going to go back in the TV booth and I'm going to go in and shake his hand, do a backflip. And then I'm going to say, are you capable of that? I'm not. No. God, okay. No, no, that would be no, impressive. No. But I, you know what? In, for JT Brown, I will do a backflip. <laughs> I, I respect it. I yeah. definitely respect I'm gonna say, it. I'm going to say, so I'm going to go Lions. I'm going to go Lions 35 to 28. Lions are scoring a lot of points, but they're giving up a lot of points too. So I'm I mean, going to say it's a one touchdown game, 35, 28. That jives with how the Vikings have been playing games to yeah. one score. I mean, it's, it's tough. They wanted to hand that game to Detroit the last time around and Dan Campbell were trying. They didn't want to lose that game. <laughs> we're sitting in practice and I walk in all cocky yeah. and I'm like, Hey, JT, what's the score of the, of the lions game right now? <laughs> <laughs> and then two hours later, I'm sitting over in the corner quiet. Sounds about like, right. Ever you okay? No, man, I'm not. Okay. I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm not okay. That's that's life as a sports fan. That's life as a uh, as a Lions fan. I'm sure. Lions fan. Yeah, it's rough. That is. Lions are on the up and up though. Gotta gotta give them that. I like Dan Campbell too. He reminds me of the dude. I really enjoy him. We've been on the up and up since I was born. So I'm gonna give you a little bit of Lions. I I don't know how much time we have left here, but so since uh, let's see, since the '60s, right? Since 1960, I want to say. The Lions have had uh, two playoff wins. Their last playoff win was on my second birthday uh, back in 91, right? I'm 33 years old, and the Lions have been to the playoffs nine times. Mm. Nine times. But at least then you're never heartbroken with a missed field goal or some dramatic pain. You know, know, when you put it in that perspective, it sounds really bad. It's so bad. (laughs) It's so bad. It sounds really bad. But I will say this. So so Detroit is hockey town, right? Like, yes, it it is. The Red Wings are are the are the most successful team um, that that Detroit has had. But the Lions win the Super Bowl. The Lions win a playoff game, let alone a Super Bowl. But if the Lions <laughs> win the Super Bowl, I don't care where we are on our schedule. I am – someone's filling in because I'm not missing that party. That will be the biggest – there's only one other fan base, I think, in the in, in the entirety of American sports where the party would be bigger. Philadelphia. That's if the Cleveland Browns won the Super oh. Bowl. Like that too. Philly already won. Philly's yeah, but no, the world is not ready for you guys to do that. That the world can't handle. The world would not be able to handle a Buffalo Philadelphia Super Bowl, right? Like, oh my god, so bad. It would I, be insane. And we actually this year we we play the afternoon game in Philly on Super Bowl Sunday, and I think we're staying over. I think um, that's the rumors going around the locker room. So. Um, yeah, if, if if it's if it's a Philadelphia Super Bowl and Philly's in it and we're in Philly, oh wow! I just got chills, frankly. Yeah. Like that sounds unreal. I mean, it'll be great when you watch Minnesota win, but like, yeah. I, I thought y'all were gonna do it against the Saints, and then you didn't, and then you, gotta bring you, guys... up, you could go run down the list of every hurt yeah. time with that was our year. That was our year. That was our year. Do you know how many? I remember when the Lions went zero and sixteen. We were preseason champions at four and zero. I was talking. I was a junior in college. I was talking so much smack up and down my dorm room hallway, and then week by week, L, L, L. Yeah, I'm like happy for the, the chubby bunny though. Yeah, yeah, that's it was true bad. too. It was yeah. Bad. Well, Fitz, you're the best. Love talking with you as always. Uh, I don't know if you got you know come back to St. Paul, do you? You guys gone? Oh uh, yeah, we come back. We have uh, we come back there. We have a Sunday, uh, Sunday there in March, I believe. Nice. Well, we'll be sure to uh, see you then and remind you of all the great things that Minnesota has accomplished, continues to accomplish and has created in in this world because we like to do that. I'll be be waiting for that list. So I'll be waiting. (laughs) Real quick, I was asking somebody about the lakes. So are there like 10,000 lakes or if it rains too hard, 
like does, like and, and like a puddle pothole fills in does that count as a lake too we'll count it if it beats wisconsin we'll count anything that's really <laughs> the main goal is wisconsin cannot have more we have more shoreline than california we've been, we've been through this haven't we have more shoreline this. yeah I actually I holes like here get pretty I, big too so count it <laughs> i have nothing against minnesota i actually enjoy the state of minnesota i've been to mankato i've been to the cities obviously i've been to bemidji um and and i've i've you know i've been to fargo so i've driven through all of minnesota um i like minnesota i, I think it's a good state but you know for the sake of argument yeah <laughs> well, and not to mention because you're surrounded by so many Minnesotans telling you how great it is, I imagine it gets a bit a bit exhausting because we like to we like to talk about ourselves. We love Minnesota. Minnesota in a passive aggressive love. Minnesota nice way. Did you know that Minnesotans are from Minnesota? <laughs> Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Don't forget about our spud, Will Borgen, too. Yes. Gotta love the Moorhead Spuds. All right, Fitz. Well, <laughs> we'll talk to you later down the road. I'm sure I kind of want to say best of luck to Seattle. I kind of don't, but I will end it Minnesota nice and say good luck the rest of the way. I'm sure we'll see you back here in March. Well, thank you very much, ladies. I appreciate it. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. We're back. Shout out to Fitz again. Such a fun guy. I was telling Kirsten off air that He's, you know, I've honest to God only met him maybe once or twice when they visited here, start including last year and then now this year. And uh, he's just, he's, he's a very fun, nice person. And uh, as, as uh, somebody that's not from Minnesota with a team that has a ton of Minnesota connections, he was just loves chirping the state, um, which I can always appreciate. I like going back and forth with somebody like that. He had a lot of good vibes to him. I mean, you just, I feel like are in a better mood just talking to him because he has yeah. that kind of personality to him. So I really, really enjoyed that discussion. Yeah. So thanks Fitz for jumping on with us while you were on the road, getting ready for morning skate. Uh, let's close things up with a Christmas wish list, if you will. Maybe we could start checking them off. I've been not nice. Oh my God. I almost said I've <laughs> been not nice. I've been, I've been very nice this year including to the goaltenders I think I've been nice enough to the goaltenders that I deserve to be on the nice list I deserve <laughs> to get some of my wishes true um what it, the top of my wishes list so for instance the top of my wish list would be um another 100 point year for Kirill Kaprizov okay Okay, I think that's very that. doable. So the yes. timeline, it could be anything throughout the season. Like we're not confined to the timeline of before the new year. Like it could be just for that's this a good question. Should we? What would you? What do you think? We're kind of going out. We're shooting from the hip here. I think the season as a whole. The season I feel as a whole. There's like what maybe ten games left before the break. So it's yeah, kind of a hard cutoff there. So All we right. should do the do the year. So my first is a hundred points for Krill. Okay, mine, I want, can this be a twofer? Because this is kind of a two for one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you you know, you get the Barbie and the Barbie dream house. It's, it's two okay, for one. Okay, yes. You can't have the Barbie without the Barbie dream house right. or the convertible. Just throwing exactly. that out there as well. True. Um, I want the Wild to make the playoffs. And not only that, I want them to push into the second round. It's a tall order. You must really, must, you're going to have to kiss some Santa ass for that one. I think but, I've been uh, pretty nice this year. Yeah. I do. We'll see. I haven't um, been ripping on the goaltending, despite what some people at the live show would say. I really was not that mean about Gustafson. I was. You were. I own it. It's fine. It has nothing to do with him as a person. It's no. just the play needs to be better. You know, I'm just saying. But he was fine. He's fine. He's not terrible. He's fine. Um, I will say another thing I would like to see. And I've been resistant to saying this for years now. You guys, I'm sure, know which direction I'm going. I would like to see Bill Guerin trade Matt Dumba. Um, I think it's time. Um, I, you know, I think his play, I, I can't imagine you're going to resign him not for, you know, certainly not what for he's getting right now. And he's in this contract year and he hasn't really done anything for me to say yes as a skill set, as a player on the ice. I don't see it. I think if you can get anything for that, whether it be even a prospect or a future pick or futures in general, right? Like I just think it's probably time to close that chapter. It was, it was a good run um, again. And this is obviously all on ice 
uh, evaluation from me, which I know Bill Guerin doesn't take into account. He takes into account the off-ice stuff, but I would put that at number two on my wish list because I would like to see another strong forward. I know at the live show we tossed out Brock Besser's name, as have many people. Again, that doesn't help your cap space at all, but I think I like the vibe and the trend that that could bring. Um, you know, a young player with a, a phenomenal scoring skill set, plus to bring him home would be nice for him and his family too. So that's what I'd like to see. Again, overall, just to dump a trade. If you can get something like a Brock Besser for it, that would be even better. But I'm sorry. I, I, 24, I've been a fan of for a while. I've been trying not to say it. And I just, I think it's time. He's a great guy, but his, I don't think anyone would argue with you, Jesse, that he's not the player he used to be. Right. So, but also that leads into another item on my wish list because Jesse, you teed me up for it a little bit. And because Mitch Marner is clearly not on the trade market whatsoever. <laughs> Bring in a Brock Besser. He'd be welcome <laughs> here. We yeah. in Minnesota would welcome him back with open arms. Do you want to see Brock in a wild jersey? I think that would be awesome. I mean, again, the story writes itself right there. You know, it's I'm just, just trying to help you keep your job, Jesse. I'm trying to give you content. I appreciate you. that. I appreciate all of that. I'll round it out with a final Christmas wish list. I would like. This is tough. Jake Middleton to bring in a shirt in his closet that is not black or gray, <laughs> something of color. I would like Taco Bell to sponsor the Bar Down Beauties podcast. Yes. Selfish, but let's do it. Make it happen. Taco Bell. I'm sending you tons of business, at least myself, once a week. And, so, and Shields. And Shields. Shields were in, were in conversation. They were going to hook Jake Middleton up with a pair of choppers, which I then said I would also could use another pair and they just said haha we'll see <laughs> apparently oh. i'm not of oh yeah oh oh there's been interaction i suppose i haven't updated you they they no, slid into this the is the first i'm hearing about it yeah they want to give jake middleton a pair of choppers which i <laughs> will try to facilitate and then i tried to weasel some for us and you know didn't work and they're like yeah whatever we don't care about we don't you know guys. who you just are no. jake middleton <laughs> exactly second tier citizens here i get it mm -hmm. i understand mm -hmm. it happens so that's my that's my christmas hockey wish list kirsten what is your final uh item um i i would like to see a jake middleton add in um an item of color just because for the plot why not um what else hmm um i want to see ryan reeves get into a big fight that has like, yet to happen. Somebody asked I know, and I night. want to see it. I want to yeah. see him fight in a wild sweater. Like, drop the mitts, crowd all in on this. I want to see it. I I don't disagree because part of the reason you brought him in, but, you know, whatever. We'll see what happens. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Again, thank you all for listening to us. Drop your Christmas wish list in the comments. Shoot us a, a tweet shoot into our DMs, whatever you may have. I'd love to hear what you guys want from the wild for the holiday season. Uh, another shout out to Greenbelt and this week's live show at Racks Bar and Grill in Burnsville. And to everybody that came out, so much fun. Stay tuned for our January date and location to be released. But I have good tell that I believe it is back up in the Northeast Metro in Stillwater. Love that for us. Big fan. Um, and shout out to Talk North for featuring us on their lovely network. Shout out to Jim Beam. Cheers to you. Cheers to me. Shout out to Royal Credit Union. Less fees, more freeze. And of course, our friends over at SodaStick.com. Code Bardown Beauties will get you 15% off all purchases. They've got that new peanut butter jelly jam t-shirt out. Uh, love to see it. And then we we're also working on getting some sweatshirts back into the store as well. Um, so, you know, you can uh, add those to your Christmas wish list for once they are released. Again, stay tuned to all of our social channels. You guys are awesome. We will see you next week. Probably next week. Next week as well. Have a good one.